Well, buckle up. to the Four Frequency Sake Network. Ah. Woo. Did any what did anything happen tonight? Anything interesting that we should talk about? Just asking the group, does anyone have anything they would like to bring to the table as a discussion point? You know, I'm up for whatever, honestly. My night was fun. I hope yours was as well. All right. This is the most, this is, I mean, talk about anticipated and delivering in every single way. Welcome to the Educated Ignorance uh, live show, Monday night edition, the Elite Eight, as well as the Monday night football recap. Folks, we have capped off the greatest weekend of the season in the NFL. Maybe the best, I mean, I can't even remember a weekend last year that topped this. What an absolute I mean, we started with the 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 toilet bowl of the century on Thursday. I didn't even watch it. That's how bad I was or bad it was. Uh, we 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 woke up on third on Sunday to Mac Jones throwing bad picks and Bailey Zappi throwing fake spike interceptions into quadruple coverage. Then we have five walk off games during the Sunday slate. Uh. And today, not only do we add a sixth walk-off game, but we have an acid-inducing 60 minutes between Denver and Buffalo that absolutely, I mean, this, that, I mean, talk about things that could not have gone any better. We are, we are here for it. All right, real quick housekeeping notes for those that are listening live. Uh, if you're listening live, shout out, we already got comments dj let's talk about the bills that seems fun yeah we're gonna talk about the bills I, jordan says i want to know why the bills suck we will discuss that anyone who has thoughts about anything by all means join the chat like the video we appreciate it share tell a friend you guys know what it is um the the we appreciate all of it and of course you see it on the bottom uh subscribe to us on youtube at for frequency sake qc we're pushing towards 100 subscribers during the regular season, we're near 80, so we are we're inching, we're crawling up that ladder. Uh, we're at 76, so uh, let's hope that hey, maybe maybe we can get some Bills fans to subscribe to the channel after tonight. Let's have some fun. All right, let's crack the knuckles. I wish I could crack my neck because my head feels like it's about to pop off. Deep breath, uh, in and out. Inhale, exhale. Let's enjoy it. Denver doing the Lord's work, winning just a stupid game against the Buffalo Bills. The question is, what direction do I want to start here? Because this is a game. I thought this could go multitude of ways. I think 
we're at that point now with Buffalo where I guess even I shouldn't be giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to destroy bad teams. Maybe Denver isn't a bad team anymore, but you look at the games for Buffalo at the beginning of the season where they kind of, you know, they had that game against the Jets and they looked they looked horrific. Josh Allen is out here turning the ball over as much as Jameis Winston. More on that in a moment. Uh, I guess you can't even say that considering Josh Allen's led the league in. Never mind. Not relevant yet. Anywho, they come back. They blow out the Raiders. They blow out the artist formerly known as the Washington football team. And everything seems cool and kosher and fine. And then they play Miami in a game where their season is kind of, sort of, not really, but yes, most seriously on the line in week four. And they blow the Dolphins out. Congratulations, Buffalo. And for the second straight year, you win September. You win the September Super Bowl for the second straight year. Josh Allen, you're the September MVP. Congratulations. Uh, look at all of those banners that you've hung over the last half decade with Super Bowl championship or September championships. Back to back September champions, the Buffalo Bills uh, are this, um, you know, in the last two years. So they're three and one. And ever since then, the, the, the Bills have had this combination of of, yes, I will say it, bad injury luck. Their entire defense, I mean, listen, DeMar Hamlin, God love him, had to play snaps tonight because of how banged up their secondary is. Uh, they have lost Matt Milano. They're losing guys left, right, and center on defense. Listen, I am always one to say it's a next man up league. It's a next man up sport is football. So I'm not going to sit here and cry. Look at what the, listen, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. Go look at their injured reserve list over the entire season. We're not shedding tears, people. This is the NFL, the National Football League. This is football. This is what it's all about. You, uh, you know, <laughs> yes, uh, we'll get to that championship banner as well, DJ. I believe DJ made that comment. Uh, but listen, that is the, you know, that uh, the injuries, it is what it is. It's the next man up sport. And the Bills, since that three and one start, they have had these games. They fly to London late and lose to the Jags, and everyone blames it on the jet lag, not the fact that the Jags are good and that the Bills had seven points through 55 minutes. Then they play the Tyrod Taylor-led New York Giants, who currently look like the worst team in the league and one of the worst teams in the last five years of the NFL. Uh, granted, again, injured to hell, but again, next man up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they were losing the majority of that game, and if it wasn't for two botched end-of-half and end-of-game scenarios – the Bills definitely would have lost. They end up winning 14-9. to Then they go to New England. Speaking of teams that look like one of the worst, if not the worst, in the National Football League, they go to New England. They let McCorkle Jones have his best game as a professional football player against them, and they lose 29-25. to Alarming? I don't know. Then they play the Bucks. They win a meh game and a game that never felt like they were in trouble. Then they go to Cincinnati. And they kind of get just held at arm's length like a small person against a really tall person where they're throwing their arms at them and they're forever five feet away and they can't even come close. And then tonight, this is supposed to be the get right game. Listen, we are far removed from the Broncos being the team that gave up 70 points to the Dolphins, even though they are still very poor at tackling. They don't get any push at all. They have some good. They have a couple, a couple like two. Good players on their defense. Outside of that, it's not great. They're not well coached on that side of the ball. You can argue that they're not well coached on the offensive side of the ball either. Anywho, uh, 
regardless, the Broncos since then have played better-ish on defense, at least over the last month, I you could say. Uh, after the 70-burger, they did let Justin Fields have his greatest game as a pro, which turns out to not mean uh, – turns out to be a massive outlier for those of us that care about that guy. Then they let the Jets hang 30 on him. But over the last month, to be fair, they held the Chiefs under 20, which I don't know what that exactly means because the Chiefs in that game acted like it was – they basically were playing Madden while drunk. It was stupid. Uh, they they dominate the Packers for the majority of the game, end up winning by, th- by two. Uh, they, the offense for Green Bay had nothing cooking for the entire game. Then they hold the Chiefs to nine. Granted, a lot of it was turnover luck. And then tonight, now the defense wasn't really good. A lot of it was turnovers, which we'll get to in a second. But Denver is playing better. And I will also say, this was the best game Russell Wilson has played all season long, in my opinion, even though there were massive moments where I was like, my God, Russ. I mean, just eh, like like they had that fumble in the third quarter when it was third and six. He throws an out route and he underthrows it by a mile. Sutton has to come back to it. He hits the ground, gets up and gets the ball knocked out. And it's a fumble. Buffalo ended up scoring like the next drive. Like he just had a few bad plays, but he also had on their game on their touchdown drive to go up 21 to 15. He had the third down play where he stepped up and did the little shovel. That was nice. He also had like a third and 11 or third and 12. He sat back and delivered a missile over the middle to Jerry Judy and they picked it up. So, and all, and the last play on that touchdown drive, the play action rollout guy coming hot off the edge, and he just kind of got it out there to Williams. That was an impressive play. So, Russ made some plays tonight. I think that was the best game he's played all season long, if you ask me. I thought Russ was really, really good um, in this game. But a lot of this comes down to the fact that when you look at the Bills, they did not get stopped. All night long. So I met on that diatribe about Buffalo or about Denver giving giving up points to say this, like Buffalo was only scored 22. And it wasn't really much to do with the Denver defense. Here are the drives for Buffalo. First play of the game, fumble, interception, punt, punt, touchdown, interception, uh, downs on a pass that Josh Allen missed by a mile and he had a guy wide open. Fumble, uh, punt, uh, touchdown, fumble, punt, touchdown. You get the picture. Four turnovers, three of them having to do with everyone's favorite fantasy and reality quarterback, Mr. Joshua Allen. Okay. A lot of my hatred... It's a strong hatred's a strong word. A lot of my disdain, disgust, whatever you want to call the uh, four letter word for the Buffalo Bills has to do with how they are perceived, whether it be team or or certain most certainly their quarterback in comparison to the rest of the league. I have said multiple times over and over again. I even said last week they get the Cincinnati Bengals should get the benefit of the doubt that the Buffalo Bills do. As DJ said right here, we talked about their fake championship banners. They're, they're the one that they strongly hold on to the most is the championship banner that they have where it says, we were leading with 13 seconds left over the Chiefs in the divisional round. Because, buddy, since then, I mean, what what have you done well? You, 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 you went into last year as this overwhelming favorite that everyone thought was a super team. 
people were thinking the Bills were going to go 20-0 last year. I even was one that believed the hype at the beginning, but then all of a sudden I just realized what I was seeing was not real. Now, yes, Josh Allen messed his elbow up during the season and it wasn't good, but he played the entire year and he played that playoff game where the Bengals absolutely took them to pound town. This season, everyone still, most people were still looking at this Bills like this fantastic roster and this well-coached team in this offense with unlimited weapons and all like, and you know, the conversations around this team of look at all the breakout players they could have like Gabe Davis and Dalton Kincaid, which I will admit he's been good this year. And James cook, look at all of these breakout players they have, even though, you know, at least not only from a fantasy perspective, but from an actual perspective, people have been thinking Gabe, people have been looking for guys like Gabe Davis and, insert name of Bill's running back here for the last like half decade. I mean, Zach Moss, uh, uh, Devin Singletary. He did well on the Texans yesterday. Uh, I mean, who else am I missing again? Just picks, pick a name out of thin air. You could probably find a Bill's running back that everyone thought was going to do really, really well. The Buffalo Bills, what we have learned, at least me, some people have not, and we're going to get to those people in a second. I, what we have learned P.S. I kind of knew this was this roster was insanely top heavy and the majority of those top guys were on defense and they have gotten hurt on the offensive side. They have three good players at a high level. They have their tackle Deion Dawkins. They have Josh Allen and they have Stefan Diggs. That's it. But everyone wants to talk about, oh, this high powered offense and oh, this high powered roster, all of these good things with Buffalo. Look at how good they are. Well, let's just be real. I hope tonight people can kind of start to fall back into the sense that they should have over the last month, that this team is not good enough. This roster is not good enough. This offense that painstakingly over the last, what would it be, seven weeks hasn't done shit when any, when the game has mattered for the most part, except for tonight. They had some punches finally. But look at the points that they had scored through other than the Bucks game since week three for the first like 40 to 50 minutes of the game, like through three and a half quarters of each game outside of the Bucks game before tonight, they had like seven or 10 points in all of those games before the final half of the fourth quarter. This offense is a mess. Their quarterback is a mess. This team is a mess because of all the defensive injuries, which again, next man up, whatever. And this team is insanely poorly coached, which I at times have believed that I, you know, I was thinking, listen, maybe, like I un like nobody's gonna blame Josh Allen for anything. And oh baby, we're about to get to Mr. Magic Mountain Man himself here in just a minute, I promise you. But I think I initially thought that people were trying to just find other people to give to put blame on because Josh Allen is this like sanctimonious, holy, holier than now figure in, in the history of the National Football League that anything he does cannot be his fault. Like, I mean, listen, I understand it being a fan of the redacteds because nobody wants to blame Justin Fields for anything. Look, here, here's the thought of this on the spot. Justin or Josh Allen gets the excuses that like bad quarterbacks get when like the Mac Jones and the Justin Fields types when it's like, man, we need to like there was one point that <laughs> Troy Hakeman was saying that the Bills should run no huddle tonight. I was like, oh my God, we have lost the plot. Whenever you say that the team needs to run no huddle, it's because 
That's the only time the quarterback can be good. It means your quarterback sucks. I almost fell off my couch when I heard that. Uh, yeah, but every, it, it, bad quarterbacks, it's everyone else's fault but them. And that's kind of where we're getting at with Josh Allen, even though I don't think he is a bad quarterback. But the but the Bills talking about their their coaching and Sean McDermott. You can just see how unorganized this team is. Think of the last two plays of the game that mattered. Second down, they run the all-out blitz. They get home. They knock them out of field goal range. Why on earth are you running it again? You already did the job. Just play coverage and you can and you can make sure nothing gets behind you. Don't allow a completion. Lock it down. There's no reason to go to the well once again when they're out of field goal range. What happens? Jerry Judy absolutely roasts Teron Johnson off the line. Russ has to do a back foot hail, uh, back foot fadeaway. Otherwise, if he could have stepped into it, it would have been a touchdown uh, to give them the win instead of them having to do the crazy missed field goal, then field goal again. And then all of a sudden, they're down there. It's underthrown. DPI, who cares? It's just... We all, I hate underthrown DPI calls, but tonight we celebrate them because the Bills deserve this. All of that happens. Again, there's no reason to run the the all-out pressure on back-to-back plays. You have them at a field goal range. You have them out of, you did the job. There was no reason for that. And Sean McDermott, it just continues to show week in and week out how unorganized he is. And then Ken Dorsey, benching James Cook, which I understand to a degree, but their run game, they never lean on it. They finally leaned on it tonight because their quarterback, every time he was asked to do something, either turn the ball over or almost turn the ball over because he cannot help himself. We'll get to him again in a second, I promise. But listen, this is the problem with the Bills. They don't have any rhythm or uh, action in their run game. It's so vanilla. The, the fact that they were able to gash the Broncos tonight on the ground just shows how bad the Broncos' defense is because the Bills love to run it out of shotgun. They never, they have no schematic creativity. It's just basically handing it off and they're running duo or they're running some sort of lame ass inside zone from shotgun and there's no creativity to it. They don't run motion. They don't bring pullers. It's just basic ass shit. But the Broncos defense is so bad that they were able to gash the hell out of them all night running the football. All of that comes to this in this scenario for Buffalo. Their biggest problem is that all yes they're on un, un, yes they're poorly coached. Yes they are injured. And yes their roster management. Think of all the go look at the names of the last half decade of draft picks. Bills. You will find one or two gems and you will find who whoa Nelly a whole lot of misses. Trust me. This has been a horrific job of roster management, a horrific job of team building, and the fact that over and over again we continue, me, other people, just the general football public continue to overvalue and overrate this team on a yearly and then week-to-week basis, it's asinine to me. It'll never stop because, again, this team is the darling of the NFL because of Josh Allen and look at all the, here are his tools and look at all these tools he has. And that's where we get to Mr. Allen. This is the problem I have with, with the the problem that I have with how this team is covered mainly stems from this man. We talked about the 
excuses that he gets that nobody else in their right mind gets. I'm looking on Twitter, the artist formerly known as Twitter tonight, shout out to it. And they're talking about all of his bad turnover luck. And, oh, my God, look at all the things that happened that forced another turnover. Motherfucker on the fumble, he just dropped the ball. Look at how many times he tries to force it into double coverage for no reason. He's careless. He can't help himself. Josh Allen is the most reckless player in the league that maybe isn't. I mean, Zach Wilson isn't reckless. He just has no arm talent. What Josh Allen does on a weekly basis, it's insane to me. Like, go back to last week. The turnover against the, the Bengals, the interception, it's cover. It's it, They fake cover two. Nobody's there, so the corner drops, and he just throws it to him for no reason. He underthrows the go route by five yards, and it gets picked. There was one tonight where they ran, like, all hitches on an all-out blitz. He throws it. They have the linebacker sink into the flat, and the corner is on top of him. He throws it anyway, and it still didn't get picked. He can't help himself. He just cannot help himself dropping the ball like crazy. Turnovers left, right, and center. The fourth down throw, the rollout on fourth and two. He overthrows Shakir by a mile. But it doesn't matter. Oh, they're bad turnover luck. Oh, all of these unlucky plays that happened to poor Josh, Josh Allen. It's crazy. And I'm not trying to cap here for my guy. But let me just throw a paint-by-numbers example. This motherfucker, Josh Allen, on a weekly basis makes dumb play after dumb play. And it's like, eh, it's okay. Look at their EPA per drive. Look at his drop back win expectancy or look at his A dot. All of these stupid ass stats that at the end of the day don't mean shit. And Tua makes one bad throw. I'm not even talking about like the Chiefs one where he, Cedric Wilson ran the double move and he underthrew him by a mile. That one was terrible. But Tua can make like one bad throw. And he's the worst quarterback ever. We make excuses for this dude all year, every year, for how bad and how reckless he is. But we talk about these other quarterbacks that show good signs and make good plays. That's like, eh, doesn't matter. But look at our 6'5", 6'6", 250-pound freakazoid with all of his tools. Look at all these tools and skills he has. I don't care. I don't care. On a snap-to-snap basis, you have zero idea what you're going to get from him. But it doesn't matter to these morons that watch the league. It's insane to me. The only reason they lost tonight is because 17 is their quarterback. And at times, yes, you get the good stuff with him. But more times than not, especially this year, it is a natural disaster. An absolute disaster. You cannot convince me otherwise. And if you try to convince me otherwise, you're just stupid at this point. You're just stupid. Like, there, it's, it's insane to me. What people still try to do to go out of their way, look, oh, man, they just have bad turnover look. Oh, it's just, I mean, listen, the guy ran the wrong route. I mean, he dropped it, and it was a pick. The motherfucker tried handing the ball off, and he just dropped it. He's careless as shit. Don't just, don't just be real. Josh Allen, before every game, chugs a six-pack of PBR and then goes and lets it rip. It's okay. I get it. Sometimes you got to live life on the wild side. That's just who he is. He's led the league in picks outside of, like, Dak last year, like, four of the last five years. The evidence is right there. It's right there. But every week, every year, we're like, eh, who cares? Turnovers. Who cares about turnovers? Who cares about these turnover-worthy plays? Look at how look at how good his advanced metrics are. He's the best fantasy quarterback in the league. I don't give a fuck. I just don't. I'm tired of it. 
I'm tired of it on a weekly basis. And listen, I know we're here to do this parade and march and dance about the Buffalo Bills being ass. I'm loving it. I hope you're loving it. Who knows? Maybe they'll turn the corner. Maybe they'll beat the Eagles in a few weeks. Maybe they'll beat the Chiefs in a few weeks. Maybe they'll go on this crazy run and went out and make me look like a dumbass. That's fine. I will give credit when it's due. I'm not here to sit on my takes and be like, eh, no matter what I see, I'm not going to change my opinion because that would be stupid. And then I would be the person that I'm accusing everybody else of being. That's just not who I am. It just isn't. But, God, I need a breather. Anywho, I say everything I've said. (laughs) To come to this, this problem with Buffalo, it there are a lot of things that kind of adjust to it. The defensive injuries, the poor coaching, the lack of run game because of the poor coaching, the turnover luck, mostly because your quarterback's overrated as shit. Listen, man, the most of it stems from the man that catches the ball on every play on their offense. He has been a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. Congratulations for beating the Bucks. Congratulations for having like a really good average down uh, the distance of throw. Congratulations on having top five EPA in the league, expected points added. Congratulations on you know being good at sustaining field position. You know what you do? You don't score enough points. You don't protect the football. You don't value the football. Like, what Allen is doing is Jay Cutler levels of not giving a shit about the football. It's insanity. Hey, man, congrats on blowing the Raiders out. Congrats on blowing Washington out. Congrats on the big one against Miami. You guys really needed it. Congrats on the back-to-back Super Bowls that you won in September. Congrats on the back-to-back September MVPs for Josh Allen. Congratulations for almost beating the Chiefs in 2021. Other than that, this is an unserious team until proven otherwise. This is an unserious organization, and we are reaching the point where Josh Allen is a unserious football player. Jordan Kernan says, we talked about flip-flopping Pickett and Zach Wilson. Do you think if you flip-flop Mahomes and Allen, would the Bills be a top AFC team? Mahomes at the helm. Okay. Maybe Allen needs a coach like Andy Reid in some sense. But even Andy Reid does wild wild stuff. I mean, the talent, listen, again, I, I, I joke about all the tools and stuff that Allen has, but, like, he does have skills. He does have assets you want, but he's just reckless as shit. Um, listen, I think if, if Allen was able to throw to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, I'm not saying that's why Pat Mahomes is awesome. But if he was able to have those guys instead of just Stephon Diggs, I'm sure that would help. The Chiefs had a better line. Like, I'm sure those things would help. It is an interesting question. I do – I I mean, we, we also got to see last year what the Chiefs did with less. Like, uh, yeah, Kelsey's amazing, but at the end of the day, that's a tight end. Give – let's – how about this? Let's, let's keep the teams the same, but let's trade Kelsey and Juju last year for Dawson Knox and Stephon Diggs. I bet they I bet the Chiefs have the same season and the Bills have the same season. At the end of the day, I'm not that's not shade on Travis Kelsey. That's just like you 
Patrick Mahomes has never had an X receiver, which is a receiver at the end of the line of scrimmage, usually the outside receiver. He's never had a receiver outside the numbers that is like a constant, absolute ass kicker. Tyreek Hill can do that, but he's mostly a slot, quick game. The way they used him, he was never just all the time X receiver. Like, Stephon Diggs is that. If Mahomes had a guy like Diggs, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's why I wanted them to go get like Mike Evans. I know those are their, their play styles are different, but like, yeah, man. The best X receiver that Mahomes ever had, and DJ, if you're watching, you can probably attest to this, is Sammy Watkins the year they won the Super Bowl, the first year. That ain't not much, that ain't much to write home about. So yeah, I think like if you did flip-flop them, I don't I I think you would still see a bunch of success to a degree with Mahomes. It'd be a little bit lessened because McDermott isn't nowhere near as good of coach as uh, is it nowhere near as good of a coach as what's his face? Andy, maybe the year that Mahomes could have had with Dayball, they could have done something special. But I mean, also to Dayball, I mean, the Giants are the Giants, but he has been very underwhelming this year. Another one from Jordan Preach. Dak Prescott would get torn apart if it were him. Dak Prescott, I mean, Dak Prescott just has the disease of being the Cowboys quarterback. That's the problem with Dak. If he was the quarterback of any other team in the league, uh, he would probably be proper. He would be properly rated. But because he's the Cowboys quarterback, you have to talk about him as either elite or just a bum. We can't, like, sane people are here and we're just like, yeah, Dak's like the eighth or ninth best quarterback in the league. But most people can't handle that because it's not spicy enough for Dallas Cowboys talk. Um, that's just how the that's just how the old cookie crumbles in that one. Um yeah man what a oh, what a night. They now uh Jordan has to struggle being a Cowboys fan. I mean yes and no. You guys do it to yourselves, honestly. <laughs> you guys put too much you guys put unwarranted expectations on uh most years. And that's why it's such a struggle. Uh, if the Cowboy random hot take, I just thought of if the Cowboys went in every season with the mindset of like the Dolphins or like the trying to think of another team that has had a long time without playoff success. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, like just, yeah, the Dolphins were getting in there and winning a playoff game or two would be awesome. They, and they have a good team or roster. If you went with that type of mindset, the, it wouldn't be as hard, <laughs> but because of the way the Cowboys are covered and, and because of most of that way, the fans are, it's basically Super Bowl or bust every year. And you're just not going to get that. Now, this team could the Cowboys could, but this year and last year, they definitely could have. But outside of that, uh, yeah, it's tough. Last thing before we take a quick break and get to the Elite Eight, which, by the way, we have had people hanging out. Thanks to those who liked the video, DJ or not DJ, Eric, Brian and Jordan. We've liked. I know DJ was hanging out earlier. We thank you all for tuning in and joining us. Uh, the the AFC playoff picture is, I mean, calling it a mess would be a, it would be very rude to things that are messy. Here is the AFC playoff picture from seven to fourteen. Houston at five and four. Cincy at five and four. Houston lead the seven seed. Then you have Cincy at eight at five and four. Indianapolis at five and five. Buffalo at five and five. Vegas at five and five. Chargers at four and five. And Jets 
four and five. Broncos at four and five. Insanity. Insanity. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams with four or five wins in the AFC from seed seven to 14. I mean, and then you have Cleveland and Pittsburgh at six and three, Jags and Dolphins at six and three. Every team in the AFC except for the Chiefs has three losses. And the Chiefs could definitely get their third loss next week. Every team in the league, except for the Chiefs, Lions, and Ravens, have three losses. But hey, I get told the Lions aren't that good. At least I did. People are people have come around on them. Oh, man. What a night. What an absolute night. This show could have been so much more upsetting and boring if it wasn't for Denver. Shout out to Denver. I wanted to bring up the, the standings real quick because of, like, Denver now. Both of these teams in the playoffs. The Bills, to me, I predicted them to miss the playoffs at the beginning of the year. They would be a total write-off for me if it wasn't for the fact that the in-the-hunt standings right now is longer than, like, my girlfriend's Target receipts. Shout out to Nicole. I love you. Um but yeah, man, eight teams or seven teams in the hunt <laughs> in the in the hunt section in the AFC playoffs is hilarious. So the Bills are aren't dead yet. But again, I as I stated, I will be taking them unseriously for the near and distant future. Okay, take a deep breath. We will take a break. We'll come back. It's everyone's favorite time of the year where you get to roast me on where I put teams in which order in the National Football League. It is. The Elite Eight, and it is next. My name's Ryan Allison. I've spent over a decade immersed in the art of tattooing. Sharply honing my skills has materialized into a diverse and prestigious body of work. Each tattoo reflects my relentless pursuit of excellence, and every client I work with is a living embodiment of that unwavering commitment. I will gladly and wholeheartedly embrace your distinct vision. This week's Elite Eight, as always, is presented by our friends and yours at Yard Barbers. Hate mowing? Need your lawn or business landscaped? Having trouble with an unruly yard that your neighbors hate? Yard Barbers LLC is your hookup. Mowing, weeding, edging, trimming, aerating, fertilizing, haul away, they can do it all. And they aren't just good for your summertime yard blues. They work all year long, and you can get signed up for their winter services for that annoying snow and ice removal. Find Yard Barbers on Facebook at Yard Barbers LLC. Send them an email at yardbarbersqc at gmail.com or shoot them a text at 309-235-1595. All right, let's have some fun. Uh, we are about to start the Elite Eight. Uh, teams that just missed the cut. Jordan Rangel is not here, and I'm sorry. The Vikings just missed the cut. The Cleveland Browns just missed the cut. And our another friend of ours, Jordan, who is watching... The Dallas Cowboys just missed the cut. Now, 
I will be honest. There's definitely a team that I have in the top eight that maybe I'm being a little overzealous, but I'm trying to have some fun. Number eight. <laughs> Let's get it started. <laughs> God damn. With the Jacksonville Jaguars. I keep I'm keeping the Jags in on principle, mainly because I think um I think the Jags I feel like that game on Sunday was an outlier. They could not block the Niners at all. Uh literally all game long. They just they couldn't block them. <laughs> and that it spiraled quickly. Uh and they they anytime they had a chance, they just kind of imploded, mainly due to them not being able to block. And I think they'll be fine. Uh, I, I, I'm not worried about them long-term. That was just kind of a bad matchup, I guess. And yeah, it just kind of went out of control pretty quickly and shout out to the Niners. They had a good game. We'll talk about them here momentarily. Not much other than that when it comes to Jacksonville. Okay. I know what you're going to say. I'm being hyperbolic. I am. I just want an excuse to talk about them. Uh, this dumb fuck. People are stupid. Talking about the play at the beginning or in the first half. There was. No, whatever. People are stupid. First half when the Broncos got the field goal hot. This guy's trying to tell me that. <laughs> whatever. Judy should have picked the first. People are really stupid. Um, you can clock it. Uh, dumbasses. Anywho. Uh, number seven, the Houston Texans. I just want to talk about them. I just enjoy the Texans. I enjoy everything. Uh, hold on. We are talking week 10 elite eight right now. Sorry. I'm, sh I'm sharing this. I should have done it in their commercials. Um, I just enjoy talking about this Texans team. I enjoy CJ Stroud. I enjoy what their defense has done. Um, I enjoy what D'Amico's done. This offensive coaching staff is electric. I just love what they have done on a week-to-week -week basis and how they have handled this team and handled this roster. Do I think it's sustainable? I don't know. For this for this season, I don't know. With You're going to have your moments like with a rookie quarterback where you lose to the Panthers on the road. That's like, that's going to happen. But I will say this, the fact that he bounced, that the Texans have bounced back from by far their worst performance of the year since they have kind of started rolling in CJ had probably his worst game of the year the against uh against Carolina. Since then, they've had their two best games of the year. The game against the Bengals last week and of course the Buccaneers 2 weeks ago. So, how far can this team go? I don't know. I don't know. I said last night I don't want to put a ceiling on them because I don't I don't I want to just enjoy what they are and I and enjoy what they are doing right now on a week-to-week -week basis. Anything they do, I'm not going to be upset with. I'm not going to be angry about however their season goes. I'm going to understand where this team is at and understand the process that they're doing it on. I also say that not knowing, like, I don't worry about them having a crazy losing streak, in my opinion, just because of what they, they're too well-coached and too well-played at quarterback, barring some drastic injuries, knock on wood. Um, I think they'll be just fine. I think they're going to at least, at worst, finish right at or just under 500. Uh, the Cardinals game Sunday is a sneaky one because Kyler is back. But you get that one that's three in a row, you're six and four, and then game of the year for them, uh, November 26th against Jacksonville in Houston. I mean, who would have thought that that game in Houston against the Jags was going to be as potentially big as it would be? 
is that Sunday after Thanksgiving NFL? Is that Sunday night football flex worthy? Who's got the Sunday night? Is that, please tell me that's Chiefs Packers. Ah, damn it. It's Ravens Chargers. Because Jags, Jags Texans putting CJ Stroud in prime time, I'm telling you, would be a delight. It would be an absolute delight. Chiefs Packers are the week after. I hope they put Lions Saints in that game. It's kind of the only one worth it because they're not going to take the Eagles Niners game off. Anywho, I'm rambling. Yeah, Texas at seven. I love what they're doing. And again, I'm not going to put a ceiling on this team because I don't want to. I don't want to imagine what their limit is this year. Like they are everything they're doing. I'm in love with. Such a fan of what they're doing as an organization, as a coaching staff, as a roster. What their players are doing, just love it. Number six, the Niners. Are the Niners back? Yes, we all knew they would be. I, when I talked bad about the Niners over the last few weeks, it wasn't me saying that they were a doormat, they were a disaster, that they were never going to win again. Listen, me picking the Jags was a square move. Shout out to me for being an idiot. Um, the Niners are nasty up front defensively, man. The Chase Young acquisition will pay dividends. I'm going to be interested to see how that game with how they were good up front, translates throughout the rest of the year. I understand they were able to get on Jacksonville, and it snowballed quickly. Uh, that's kind of one where I'm not really going to look at it much when it comes to the Jags, but I will. I mean, I, of course I'm going to look at it for the Niners. Purdy is still a, a wildly, crazily reckless, you know, on a night-to-night basis, but he also makes throws sometimes that make you go, holy shit. The throw to Kittle, the touchdown throw to Kittle, was sensational, is what it is. Purdy, I, I, anytime I've talked about Purdy, it's not me saying that he's the worst quarterback ever. I'm just, I, I feel like I will, I hammered the stuff on Purdy because I got mad because how so far out of control it got with him. Again, he, he was like a top three MVP candidate after that Cowboys game, man. Uh, like, I'm glad that we have re, we have, we have found level on the water with that. But look, man, it's going to be inter- it's going to be fun to see how they operate. That Bucks game next week is very trappy to a degree, but I also think that their D line can just overwhelm the shit out of Tampa's front. Um, and then the Seahawks on Thanksgiving, man, they've kind of owned the Seahawks. So I'm interested to see how Seattle bounces back there on Thanksgiving night, the nightcap of, of Thanksgiving. So I uh, the Niners, I I'm not worried about them. Good job, good good win in Jacksonville. There's still definitely a team that can win it all. Do I have this team too high? Maybe. Well, if they lose Thursday, they won't be here, but I can't penalize the Bengals too much for just losing a game against a good team. The Bengals are still at five for me. Um, Thursday, though, is must win. In a in for the, the regard of like getting being in that being at six and four, it'll just it'll just kind of feel a lot better. And to get a win in the against in the division, um, Plus, then you're pretty much right on the doorstep of the division lead. If you get to six and four, that means everyone then at least has six wins in that division with Pittsburgh and Cleveland playing each other on Sunday. Um, the fact that the Steelers on Thursday night could be leading the division uh, is hilarious to me. Um, listen, the the, the Bengals, it, again, it's not must win, but you could also say must win for Baltimore. But I think it's a big, important step for them. And I'm not going to penalize them for just getting beat by a really good team. They were dinged some guys. They didn't have Higgins. Chase was nowhere near 100%. Uh, 
Tyler Boyd had a couple bad drops. Oh, well, it's fine. I think they're okay. Hopefully Trey Hendrickson isn't out for too long. Uh, luckily, they said it was only a hyperextension on his leg, on his knee. So that's a good thing. Number four, the Detroit Lions. Talk about restoring faith as if it was lost, really, for me. Not for me, by any means. You all know that. Trust me. But just from the general public, I feel like people just don't want to give Lions credit. Uh, what they did on Sunday, man, impressive as hell. Ben Johnson putting on an absolute show. I, I've been saying it all year. I predicted it during the win total show. We uh, talked about it a little last night. I think the Lions would be a hefty good bet for the one seed because I think there's a chance they finish with only one more loss, two at the most. Um, and the and the Eagles right now are about to hit a very rough part of their schedule coming up. Starting, uh, They're in the midst of it right now, um, but obviously next week they go to Kansas City, so that'll be a tough one. Um, I'm excited just to see what this Lions team can do. They've done great all year at handling expectations and their offense continues to roll. I don't, I'm not super worried about the defense. I I think the Chargers just kind of played a masterful game on offense on Sunday and Justin Herbert was really, really good. That was the best game he's played all year. I mean, the, these are the offenses they play over the next month. The Redacteds, the Packers, the Saints, and the Redacteds. They'll be fine. They will be more than fine. Number three, the Baltimore Ravens. A part of me really wanted to put Cleveland in when I started this. I think I feel like I should have put them in. That was a great win for the Browns yesterday. We talked about it at length yesterday on the show, uh, the late night, the last night on the live show. But for Baltimore, again, it's I'm not going to crazily punish them for losing a tight game. Their defense, I feel like the Browns, I'm not going to say bully them, but they kind of flexed on them a bit. They beat them up up front on both sides of the wall. They wore them down. They Their offense, their beat-up offensive line kind of wore them down in the first half or in the second half, and their defensive line really won most of the game. They, the Ravens were able to hit a couple big explosive runs. They obviously had the they, they obviously had the pick six and a short field due to a punt fumbled. So Cleveland, I think, was the more deserving and better team. Baltimore just came up just short. Um, I'm not too worried about it, though. If they can win on Thursday, I'll, I mean, I will be more than just they're back on track. I still think the Ravens and the Bengals are fantastic, even with losses on Sunday. I uh, am not worried whatsoever about either of, it, the, of them, though if the Bengals do lose, I will be a little bit worried if they do not beat Baltimore on Thursday night. All right, I'm going to roll through these two quickly. Number two, Philadelphia. Number one, Kansas City. You can also say it. Chiefs are 1A and the Eagles are 1B. I will have no problem with either. They are right now, in my opinion, until proven otherwise, the two best teams in the league. And next Monday night, we'll prove that. Uh, we'll, we'll show that. Uh, join us next Monday for the Educated Ignorance live show. We will not be doing it Sunday. We Sunday night. I don't know if I'm going to do a live show Sunday night. I'm going to be on what the card subject to change, guys. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, I don't know if I was supposed to say that. But I'm going to be with them on Sunday. I got to find a way to watch full gear on Saturday night or Sunday during the day. So that'll be fun. I got to figure that out. Um, that's my day on Sunday. That's my Sunday late or, or early evening. I will be watching games all day, though. I'll probably be done and be able to check the the second half of the um, 
whatchamacallit, the Vikings-Broncos game should be a fun one. I, although, like, I must say, um, I might be just gassed and tired, and I, I won't want to do a game a show by myself on Sunday night. So there's a chance that Sunday night we will not be doing anything. But Monday night next week, we will be doing a live show. Nick and I will be on together. Because it's the Super Bowl rematch, because it's on Monday night, I figured we figured, why not? Let's do it then. So about this game, I'm extremely excited and intrigued to see these two teams play. I think the Eagles have been playing fantastic, even though we poked fun at it the other day on the live show for the for the morning, the the uh, for fan, for fantasy sake show. We I poked down it on my take it or leave it segment uh, about how everyone thinks everyone sucks and here's why everyone sucks. But even though that's just a dumb argument, the, the Eagles have been great. And people have been wanting to say all year long that eh, they don't remind them of last year's team. I think they've been good because they've had, I, I like them even more to a degree because I think they're even deeper on the defensive end, on the defensive line. And they have better answers to certain stuff in the passing game than they did last year. They're more willing to just kind of sink in and say, hey, let's go feed AJ Brown. Or let's make let's hit this matchup with Devontae Smith, or let's feed Dallas Goddard. They're able to do that, and then also still do the things last year that they were able to do, which is just absolutely pulverize you into into paste when they have a lead and with and they have the football. Kansas City, we're still trying to figure them out a bit. We're still trying to figure out exactly what they are on offense. Their defense has been amazing. I am going to be. I'm really excited to see how the Chiefs cover the Eagles. What how how their defensive speed handles the Eagles running game. I'm very interested to see that. I'm also interest, interested to see how much the bye week helped Jalen Hurts with his health. Um, because I feel like his he was so good in the Super Bowl. I think his legs will be very important in that game Monday night. Look, man, let it wash over you. We are getting a Super Bowl rematch, and both teams are awesome still. It's a rarity that you get a the, the two teams that made the Super Bowl the year before where both of them, it's week 10, week 11, week 12, and they're still both amazing. I understand a lot of people hate the Chiefs and some people, especially, you know, our relative Cowboys fans here, they hate they hate the Eagles. But let it wash over you that next Monday night is going to be an absolute treat. Cannot wait to watch that one. That's going to be fun. Uh, we are going to learn a lot about a lot. If the Eagles come out and just impose their will, man, like we are, we have to have some serious talks on them versus the field. And if the Chiefs can just kind of do it again, then yeah, man, I feel like we're going to, we could leave that game on Monday night and thinking, look, man, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they got, where they're at, how you know, weird it looks, they just might be inevitable. Like, that's where we're at with both of these teams, and I cannot wait for it on Monday. Whew. Okay, that's going to do it for this one. This was an electric show. This was a, I mean, a voice-inducing uh, event that we had together. Next, uh, here is the schedule for the rest of the week. We will be live Thursday night, maybe. Or it's either going to be one of two things. I'm going to do it live, super late, maybe a little later than normal, because I'm going to be at 
my girlfriend's house. I'm going to be watching the game on either my phone or, you know, I'm going to talk her into letting me put it on the TV. And then I'm going to come home. We're going to log on and I'm either going to record it and post it Friday or I'm just going to do it live because maybe the game is going to be so good. I just got to get my takes off to everybody at midnight. That's where I'm at. I'm not sure yet. It'll be a game time decision. In regards to the show Sunday, you know, who knows? We'll be, we could be, (laughs) we could do a show Sunday night, just me, could have some fun with it. We could have, uh, probably not though. Again, I'm going to be on the card subject to change. Again, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but regardless, we'll be there with the boys. Can't wait for that. Haven't been on them for an actual promoted. I mean, I did the run-in, but outside of that, it's been a while since I've hung out with those guys, so that'll be fun. And that will be Sunday night. And then Monday, myself and Nick will be back for the normal, regular Monday show, but Nick will be here. So uh, next week, we won't do a live Elite Eight. We'll post that separately on Wednesday. Next week, we're going to do our playoff predictions. We're going to take, we're going to go one through seven division winners, who makes it. So that's where we're going to be at next week. All right. We had fun. I had fun. I'll tell you that. Thank you for watching. Click like if you like this, this video. If you're watching on YouTube, clips, click subscribe if you really like it. Tell all your friends that this is the Educated Ignorance Podcast. If you ain't got your game, you best pass your sticks. Best pass the sticks. Don't let Josh Allen pass the sticks, though, because he will probably pass them to the other team. Thank you so much for watching. We love you all. Until next time, we'll see you guys later this week. We're out. Peace.